Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. I'm Chris O'Fall, the editor of the Toolkit. My guest today is Lena Waithe, creator of The Shy on Showtime, a uh, story about the people of Lena's hometown in South Chicago. Um, my instinct right off the bat is, is that, you know, South Chicago is something that is, uh, is in the news. It's something that gets talked about. The narrative of it is, comes from the outside. Uh, just watching the show, it is burning with the desire of to tell the story of those people mm-hmm. from the perspective of those people and, and take back that narrative. I have right. to imagine, I mean, there's so much going on in the show, but I have to imagine that was like a huge motivation in doing this. Yeah, I mean, well, and it's interesting because, you know, I'm a writer first, so I didn't walk into it thinking that I would, you know, save the city or get on a soapbox or try to solve all of Chicago's problems. I really just wanted to tell stories about people that I knew, that I grew up with, people that are in my family, uh, uh, people that are close to me, people that aren't. I really wanted to tell a story about black people that was just us. I, I think I'm very much inspired by James Baldwin, Langston Hughes, uh, Lorraine Hansberry, and I think there's an element, there's a way that they depict black people and our world and our problems and the way we walk through the world. And I, I really sort of, I just really was in a, in a space and in a zone a few years back when I'm, you know, was living in my Valley apartment right in that pilot. Uh, it, it was really important to me. And the journey was, you know, not easy in the season one. You know, it was because I, I wasn't technically show running and uh, I'm still not. I don't, I, I don't feel like that's, you know, I mean, well, it's like for me, it, it's really about making sure that you and your partners are on the same page about what you're doing. And I think sometimes politics can get in the way, but that what, what was born out of it was the resilient, I think, black spirit that we have, you know, even no matter what you put us through, whether we're, whether, you know, black folks have survived the Middle Passage, uh, the Civil Rights Movement, um, and we're gonna survive Trump. And I think there's nothing that we can't survive. So I'm glad we survived season one. I'm really grateful to the, all the black writers in that room that we held each other up and we, we stood next to each other and we're all back for season two. So it's exciting. You know, you're talking about the spirit. You know, I love the way this show opens with Kugi, mm-hmm. you know, and that we see kind of, you know. And that's all Rick Bamayua. Like that, that's really him stepping in. And, and I always tease and call him my black Superman because who your director is on your mm-hmm. pilot is, you know, they have almost more power than the creator once they step in. And, and they can either really get it and elevate the material mm. or just point and shoot. And Rick is not a point and shoot kind of guy. And he really wanted to sit down with me. And the great thing that he did was he said, I don't want to talk to all these other people about your show. Mm. He's like, I want to hear from you as to why you wrote it, why it's important to you and, and, and what you have to say. And we had many, many great conversations away from everybody, uh, which I'm sure maybe those people didn't love that because he definitely put me in a position of power in a way. He was like, I don't want to talk to the, your showrunner or the EPs or these producers. Like, they're not you. They're not black. They're not from the south side of Chicago. They don't get this world the way you do. And he was like, I, I got to talk to you in order for me to direct this pilot and make sure I get it right. And so he and I really had a, a real close connection and a really great bond. But that to me, whenever people mention certain things in the pilot, yeah, a lot of that stuff was on the page, but he really brought it to life in a way that I think most people couldn't. And part of it is, is, the, un, is the introduction to South Central through that character and that character. South, South Chicago. Yeah. I'm sorry, what did no I just worry. say? He said South Central. Oh, uh, I was just talking about Rick. Los Angeles. No, I apologize. Rick is a, is, a, is a California guy. So. Yeah. 
uh, Rick directed Dope. Mm -hmm. um, and, but you know, Kugi is this funky kid. Mm -hmm. He sells, I mean, all the, you have such great characters, but there's something about also starting with that character and mm -hmm. who is so resourceful and kind of... A mover and a shaker it, and a charmer. And, and also kind of the beat of his own drum. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and it's like he's not going to be defined by any of this stuff. And and so it, it, part of that is is like a great way. It's like right off the bat. I always think openings are so important because mm -hmm. it's, you know... Absolutely. You, and, and we're getting to see um, Chicago, the South Side of Chicago, in a very mm -hmm. specific way yes. and, and, and through this kid on his bike. But then there's also this element of that, you know, something happens, mm -hmm. right? It also, your story, you, what feels like an introduction quickly jumps into like the instigating event. Oh, yeah. And we have that intersecting narrative. Absolutely. And, you know, that, I, I you know, that sense of, you know, he witnesses, uh, he, he, he witnesses something and that sets off all these different events. And... There's the thing, you know, we've seen intersecting narratives before. You know, mm -hmm. we've seen those yeah, multiple, we've seen those multiple characters, but, but this, it, it's always, it's never the same thing. It's always like a careful balance. And I have to imagine that in, in one of the big challenges in putting the shy together is to figure out, you know, figure out how you were going to do those intersecting narratives of these different characters right. surrounding you know, what starts with a, a witnessing of a death mm -hmm. and then, or witnessing of a murder and then. Yeah, and then or not even a murder. That's the cool thing. It's like, there's just a dead body, yeah. you know, which, um, which is great that he did not witness it. So, Rare. but it's just, but him, that, that to me, I knew I wanted to start with the dead body, you know, in the original script, the way I wrote it was, you're seeing a beautiful, interesting, handsome black boy. Um, and he and I, I say in the action lines that he, he he's 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 been shot twice in the chest and he's he's dead, um, and I say and that's how I welcome you into the city. And then you meet Kugi and who um, hops up on him. But to make it more cinematic, you know, we we started off with Kugi and then Kugi happens upon this kid. Uh, but I really, you know, it was it was for me in my apartment. Again, I was alone. I didn't develop it with anybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anyone uh, there. No one even knew. I, I think Justin Simeon knew I was was working on it, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I literally had a chalkboard wall in my old apartment and my house looked like, you know, the true detective scene, you know, in the last <laughs> bit where I'm sort of weaving everything together and, and mapping it all out. But, uh, but yeah, I was very uh, specific and intricate about uh, when people would meet, how they would meet, and I knew that Brandon would ultimately need to get to Kevin um, to, to find out who killed his brother. And, uh, and, and it just, it really, I, look, I think a lot of it is me studying and, and being a student of, of television and, 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 um, and characters and, and story, but it really was a culmination of all the things that I'd ever done or all the steps I'd ever taken to that moment where I was sitting in my apartment and just working mm -hmm. on that pilot and figuring it out. Because part of it is there's a structure in the sense that um, characters reveal them. So there's like parallels here, like mm -hmm. those three young boys. Right. It becomes this thing where there are different pieces of, and also because there's the generations, mm -hmm. you know that. Absolutely. And I, I, you think of um, Ronnie and Quentin. Do you mm -hmm. know? Right. The the I guess is this a spoiler? The real father and the right. You know, oh, yeah. And, the, and then the, you know, someone who who has been on the drug dealing side versus someone who has has suffered from from, um, I guess his thing is alcohol, but right. Yeah. You know, you know. mm -hmm. And 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 then even. Um, what is it? Is it Emmett and uh, Reg? You yep. know, and everything is so, you know, it's not clinical. These are very personal things. But I, but but I one imagines you had a lot of characters 
and possibly many more, but like finding that right balance, not only to weave the narrative, but also so this idea that, you know, they're revealing each other. They're almost foils to each other. Mm -hmm. Together, we have a sense of a shared humanity. Absolutely. And I think that was really the goal was to show different shades of black in a way. Because I think there's this, you know, it seems um, simplistic, but there's still this element that like black folks are a monolith. Um, and that, And I think showing different shades of us is extremely important. But the truth is, the shades are so, um, it's so, uh, it's hard to, for people that are outsiders, mm -hmm. a lot of people who are not black, it, it is difficult for them to see, to tell the difference, you know, of between an Emmett and a Ridge, or between a, a, a Ronnie and a, and a, and a Q, or, or a Laverne and a Jada, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, people can look at them, well, they're both single moms, and it's like, yeah, but they're very different mothers and they come from very different walks of life and uh and they walk the world differently and they raise their sons differently and 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 i think and even like for example you know it was important for brandon to say that line of when when um kevin refers to him as a nigga and mm -hmm. he's like i don't like that word like don't call me that but yet reg throws it around every two seconds uh, so brandon, brandon's the jason mitchell character correct. I, have, I think i get my cheat sheet oh yeah, oh, yeah. that is the jason so mitchell character. Yeah, i yeah. think you know that was really important to get that out but mm -hmm. a, a non-black person I, I think it would have come off as earnest that they mm -hmm. had written that or tried to approach that because it's something very personal to us in our community so i'm never one to say uh oh white folks can't write black characters no that'd be crazy like but i think to me, there's a reason why if you're a white person attempting to write a story that is not your own, you do need to have one of us sitting next to you and uh, being your co-pilot. Otherwise, you're going to make a misstep or there's going to be a thing you just instinctively don't know. Because part of it is also this thing is, is like the choices, especially the young men, uh -huh. the choices they make in the path they go down in, 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 in your story takes a couple of them to critical moments. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And But there's also just something in the way that this is layered. We're not we're not judging one versus the other. We have an understanding. Yes. We have an understanding of why they would go there. And then there's right. something about the older characters revealing the younger characters and then down mm -hmm. another level there where it becomes this element of, I don't know if the word's empathy, but just understanding uh, an element of, of the path. Because I think from the outside, the path is what gets judged. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a black and white, I don't mean black and white and race thing, but it's seen in a black and white way. Or the result, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like of what ultimately happens. And I think um, uh, that is what I think people often see. Mm -hmm. You know, they see uh, the end result versus how it all began. And I'm not trying to be an apologist. You know, I, I know that, you know, the city is complicated and everyone you know, I'm not saying everyone needs to be angelic or, or likable. The show, the show is an apologist. The right, at, is, is, at is, all. Is, yeah. No, we, I don't make any apologies. I never do that in writing. I never, and also don't, I don't like messagey stuff, you know, because it's easy to, I think the reason why people, why it stands out a little bit from the other shows uh, that have maybe tried to tackle this is we do not tell people how to feel and we don't tell you what to think. Mm -hmm. um, we, I'm a believer in presenting the facts and then you can make, take that and make of it what you will. That is my job. I'm, an, I'm a, as a writer, I'm a searcher. I'm looking for the truth. I'm trying to figure out what's the most honest thing that would happen in this moment. And my, my new showrunner, Ayanna Davis, does that as well. She's very much like, what would really happen? And we don't always agree about what the truth is, mm. but that I, that's what our job is, is to say, 
well, what, how would this really be? Like, how would this really go? What would this person really say? That's always way more interesting than the TV version answer. Because mm-hmm. some people, because, you know, there's an element when you're, and it's so funny because, you know, so this happened the other day where I think I was talking to another writer and we were like, well, that feels like the TV show answer. That feels like, it feels like I feel the writers thinking, you know, I feel them being political here or being PC. So, you see I, the seams. Yeah, you see yeah. The, the idea is, and, it, and, and the idea yeah. needs to be embodied in a character and what's yeah. going and feel. It, it, it needs to feel organic. It needs to feel honest. It needs to feel real. It needs to feel guttural. Those are the things that stick with you. Those are the things that haunt you. And yeah, I love a you know a good line. I love a movie moment every now and again. That's the joy of being a writer. Um, but I also like sometimes, and that's that's to me why I, I think you know I do beat sheets and I, I do more. I do beat sheets more than I do outlines. Mm. Um, because I like to leave myself room. Some people aren't. Some people are people that they like, they outline it within an inch of its life. I mean, they know exactly where things are going to go. I have to leave a little space for God to walk in. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm in a scene where maybe a week ago I thought it was going to be this, but then I, it, just, it can happen on the turn of a dime where I have a character say no instead of yes. Have a character, you know, uh, be hurt by, by a, a line from another character. And that then changes the, the whole energy in the, in the scene and how it ends. Because mm-hmm. if I have a character say something where I go, you know what, I think this, uh, that character saying that line to this character will make them leave. And before I had a whole way of wrapping it up which that was cool and funny and there was a button at the end. But now I'm like, no, that character's out at that point. And she's like, fine, fuck it, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And now that, okay, so that didn't happen so now I have to fix a couple other things that happened later. And I think a lot of writers sometimes go, no, nah, I got a map and I'm gonna follow it. Mm-hmm. And I think to me it's like, uh, every now and again you gotta take a shortcut if it makes sense. Like, why would you just follow? It's like following ways when you know a better route. So when you, let's just take a step back, and I, I don't know, maybe you're in the midst of, uh, with your with your writing team mm-hmm. uh, on season two, mm-hmm. but I mean, I don't know if it's the same same thing for season one. You, you're talking about figuring out the beats, figuring out the episodes. Mm-hmm. Is there is there is this, is there a sense of having to, you, you want to leave room, and I understand what mm-hmm. you're just saying, and that, that comes in the writing, and my guess is it also comes in the casting mm-hmm. and decision. But is that first step being able to kind of get the beats of a whole season, then break like what, and then go into episodes and then write, or is it is it? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you necessarily need all of the beats of the season, but like the broad strokes, mm-hmm. I think that's sort of how we've sort of figured out uh, is and and we really didn't do that season one. Season two, it's a little bit more um, organized and a little, you know, we've we have a. Uh, we sort of figured it out. Uh, but yeah, it's about you have to break the season. And we really technically didn't break the season, season one. I think sometimes people notice that when people are like, huh, since we meander here, this character seems to be wandering. And it's like, yeah, because we hadn't, we didn't, we didn't do that work first. So, uh, and it, it was tough because also we had a mini room. And so it wasn't, you know, necessarily too many people's fault. It was, you know, we had some episodes that then got noted and they were like, okay, wait a minute. So we were kind of almost in a weird way starting at a deficit, mm-hmm. even though we had material because we had been in development for so long. Do you have it written before production or is it? You have some episodes written, but written, not a but ton. You're still but you're still the same thing will happen here. Yeah. We'll, we'll have some scripts written and then we're, we're chasing, uh, chasing production. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, but no, no, we broke an idea, an engine, a theme. Mm-hmm. This is what we want to happen. This is where we think these characters will end up. We know where they, we know where they end and where we want to take them by the end of the season. Uh, but I do think we've definitely left room for things to happen, for us to shift certain things. Not too crazy, mm-hmm. but I, but I, we don't want to be handcuffed to too much. Because I think the challenge, <laughs> I, I'm trying to put myself in your guys' position and trying to think about this, is that 
the narrative of each of these individual characters mm -hmm. is so satisfying and so complete. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine you kind of have to figure that, there, there's that element of where, oh, yeah. what, how Brandon's going to arc, or right, how, right, 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 what's right. going to happen, or, or those three boys, what's going to happen to the three, mm -hmm. you know, how's that going to, but then there's also, then you, I imagine, so you have these strands, and then all of a sudden you got to braid them, to, it, that braiding mm -hmm. them together, right, exactly. and, and so it's like. Which it can, is the fun part, I will say. That's like, the fun because part, yeah. It's not, I mean, th what I will say about this really great ensemble, and it's funny because I think people automatically go, oh yeah, Brandon's the lead, right? And it's like, there is no lead. It's a, it's a multi, uh, protagonist show, um, not unlike Dear White People. <clears throat> in my opinion, not unlike House of Cards. You know, I think House. Of, even though people can say, "Well, no, it's it's you know, well, Frank, I think it's gone now." But you know, oh, it was Frank and Claire, and, and da, da, da. I'm like, but if you look at the 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 show in its totality, there are so many characters that you, you care about and who he's running against, and no, I mean, it, it becomes very uh, much an ensemble. So for us, what we do on the boards, we're like, oh shit, we haven't seen a Ronnie scene in a bit, or we, oh, oh we, I'm, I'm losing Kevin, or you know, we can, oh, we can rest Emmett for a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. So that to me is always the fun part. It's, it's like a big puzzle when we get into these episodes and making sure everybody has enough space. And, and there's also something about the, um, and there's a moment that really, really stuck out to me, which was, um, I'm gonna blank on her name, the nurse Jada, right? Jada, Jada. Mm -hmm. okay. So we have, so we have Jada, and. It's, it's, it's in some ways we can kind of see how these characters are related. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Jade is a nurse and, you know, her son has her own, Emmett has a storyline. So mm -hmm. we kind of have, we kind of think that's our connection. Mm -hmm. But she's taking care of this old woman. Right. And suddenly that old woman is Ronnie's, Ronnie's Granny's grandmother. Mm -hmm. And then he gets, I think, shot and he's got, and it becomes this, that becomes right. this huge, I don't want to. No. That obviously sends the Jada storyline into like yeah. a major thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just something very, it's not a eureka moment. No. It, it's just very casual. Yes. And it's like, oh, and it's just, and it, you're not, there's no big revelation, but there's also just something very casual. And I think it's about halfway through the season. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jada's, this is how, there's going to be another line of intersection. Absolutely. How these, and because that could feel can. Right. But it doesn't. And I, 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 was, I was thinking for a long time, why doesn't that feel canned and well, it, but it doesn't well and that, that's a huge compliment thank you to, to to the writing team to the actors and uh and to our, our directors i think to me it's ultimately we because here's the big thing that i also wanted to get at when i started writing the show which was we are all connected mm. sometimes you know literally but i think a lot of it is figuratively and so we're showing the connective tissue that happens uh but also too we as a as pe all people are connected but Black folks are really like there, there's that obviously that old uh, stereotype that like all black folks know each other. Mm -hmm. um, but the funny thing is sometimes black folks I'll be in a room with them and I'll go like, wait a minute, you know uh, Tisha as well? Like what? The so sometimes we feed into it because there's an element of like there's fewer of us on the planet and we're all sort of like we have family from different from same states and great migration and all that kind of stuff. So in essence, we are connected. And there's so, a generational thing too that you yeah. very that you very casually get at, but mm -hmm. then also in that sense of when families have been in a certain place for a long time yeah. there, you know. It, you plant it, roots and, yeah. and, and, and uh, you get to know people and, and, and things like that. So I always wanted that to be a thing. And I think sometimes, you know, the network will get on us about things being too tiny town. Uh, but people <laughs> love it. People love when, character, when, when characters cross paths, when they meet people. And, mm. and the great thing about it, there's so many, we created now this thing, or, or I, guess, I guess technically I created this, this mm. world where you can, it could go on for millions of seasons. Because Not that I want that to happen. I'm not a believer in shows mm. going on for far too long. But, I, but you can have a, a bunch of different ways for characters to kind of link up and meet and this and that. And uh, it, it's quite exciting. And we have some cool new 
uh, characters that are going to be coming together and working New together, letters, and, 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 uh, and we're really excited about it. So there's also this element of how open and closed this world's going to be, and I imagine it works, but I have to imagine that at a certain point, uh, one, you know, there's the detective cruise mm -hmm. part of it, which plays a narrative role because you do have a little bit, you do withhold a little bit of information. There's mm -hmm. a little bit of a mystery here, which yeah. does, which does give this thing a nice little forward drive yes. without being. Cheesy. Forced, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like I'm forcing a, a mystery uh -huh. upon this, which right. ties in very nicely with the Quentin character. Thank but, you. but I, you know, you go beyond that in that sense of his struggle. In uh -huh. his struggle, and he's not an African American character, you know, uh -huh. um, and it works nicely. But I have to imagine, especially for season one, there's that's a choice in thinking: Do I open this up? Because you know. Your show is not The Wire. Your no. show is not Thank the, you, yeah. the, the yeah. you know. We're the not wire. looking at the inner workings of the system. The, and, so, and, and so there is that thing where, and, it, and, and Detector Cruz becomes, we have a very um, human relationship with him in the same way the other characters yeah, are. Absolutely. But it, 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 it's, it's interesting. I have to imagine that's a little bit of a dilemma of like, do I, you know, you know, one thing leads to another and suddenly do I want to expand to look at this mm -hmm. through the perspective of a struggling cop? Yeah, no, like we, I don't have any desire to look at black characters through a white lens. And mm. even though he's technically supposed to be Latino, and I even teased my execs about this because I was like, a lot of we got some hits on Twitter where like, oh, why do we even need the Cruz character? We don't need the white savior. Then of course, execs were like, well, he's he's Latino. I'm like, guys, he doesn't look like it. He looks like a white dude in the middle of all these black people. And mind you, I wrote the character. I, I had him there from the very beginning. You know, he was always there in the pilot. It mm. wasn't something that a white exec made me shoehorn in. Mm -hmm. He was always there. Um, and it works. It yeah, feels, yeah. It, it feels it feels like it was, but I guess that's what I'm saying is, is like, it's always, yeah. why was that important to you? I, I guess mean, because truth is like that's what cops look like. You know, they don't. There's not a lot of they don't look like us. Well, I'm not and, talking about the race. I'm talking about having that character and having that perspective. Why was that important? To well, the I think he expanded more because he did look like our exec. So there's an element of like, um, oh, you know, we can you know uh, relate to this character. Uh, mm. Who knows if I if if I had. I don't. Maybe the character might not have been as robust if if if, if there wasn't a, a desire to uh, write to a character that people just could relate to more on, mm -hmm. the, on our executive side. But I think you know. But I think the, the goal is always is one to not have a white savior and to not have him fix it. Because the funny thing was, somebody pointed out that he actually doesn't solve anything. He doesn't solve the case. He doesn't. And so I was like, so I, I kind of pushed back a little bit about that because he does not swoop in and save the day. I mean, his 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 struggle, his conflict is his lack of power. His, exactly. His, like yeah. he's like he's not like this like you know big dog you know aggressive competent kind of dude. So mm -hmm. I but I do understand people's frustration with having. Uh, that quote, it's sort of almost like an archetype now at this point, you know, of the, the white guy coming in and he's earnest and kind and sweet and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's no better or worse than the magical Negro. So I, I, I am sensitive to that. I think what we're doing this season is giving him uh, more uh, structure, more of a story, uh, but, but not one that is going to ever trump our African-American characters mm -hmm. or, or make it like he's, 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 he's wiser than they are or anything like that, because I'm not a fan of that either. Um, so, yeah. Um, my understanding of this, and I got this from reading, I, I, I can't remember which piece, but, you know, this was something that was in development, I think, 2015, and somewhere along the way, uh, there was kind of a reboot. Mm -hmm. Kind of a new team. Mm -hmm. I know Rick came involved mm -hmm. and stuff. And you know, it's something like this and creating a world. It's always you got to kind of get that those mm -hmm. ingredients right. But I'm wondering what what was that? Because then it obviously did 
come mm-hmm. together really, right. really strong. Right. What was what was that kind of like missing ingredient? What was that thing that happened in the reboot that that kind of created the magic that we ended up? Well, I think the biggest thing was Rick because the script didn't change. Um, mm. They basically were like, we and there's no shade to the original director. Uh, they just were like, he's not right. And it's funny because my instinct. Well, if you look at that, his credit, he's a good guy. If you look at his credits, yeah. those credits are not for yeah, Denver, but, not for what you're. But your I show. think that that's an easy choice to go. Oh, this guy directed this. Like, why not have him do that? And I think to me, I think people didn't realize then that we weren't the wire. Mm. And even though it was one of black characters and uh, inner city and this and that but I think it, it took people a real second to get oh she's not writing the wire and I just wasn't an avid viewer of that show I was never trying to copy it mm. um, that's and also that's not my wheelhouse like I don't care about cops or or the police I care about people who are being policed and I care about people who the system affects I don't care to write about the system I don't want to know about the system like the system is the system mm. but who it affects that's interesting to me the human side of yeah it. That, that's always been how I've, how I've written if you look at my, my resume and the things that I write about it's about two people in a room talking and connecting or not mm. so uh, so that's that's my jam so uh, so when the Rick part was really the biggest difference and um, uh, and then he because he stepped in and said this is her voice, this is her show, like it needs to feel young, it needs to feel fresh, and uh, there needs to be color, and there needs to be movement, and that was the difference. Like, he, like be, literally, if you talk to most of the folks involved, they would say the key ingredient was getting a director that actually made sense for the, for the material. And then once you have that, once you have that pilot, it's, it, you, have, you, have, you, you got some good directors to, mm-hmm. to follow Rick, but I assume that, that there's a template then, that they can get, they right. see it, they get it. Right. They're gonna do their own thing with it, but they understand. Right. Oh, okay. Right, Cause exactly. Because I find so often with TV, there's always the reference. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, is, it, is, this, is this Sopranos oh, or this is this? Is like this, this or and this? we get you know, the yeah. wire a lot, obviously. Yeah, yeah. and so it was, a, so it's like, because he didn't stay on, but it was right. that, you, you got to crack that, put that up there, and now, okay, everybody, everybody right. gets exactly, it. Right, exactly, exactly. Okay. And we had been picked up for series before we got him, mm. uh, but he set the tone for what the rest of the season would be. And the show, really. You know, you talked a lot about um, watching TV and being mm-hmm. a student of TV, and you avoided some of the pitfalls um, that that one gets with the TV solutions, and you can kind of see yeah. the writers. Right? Mm-hmm. But the one thing, the one thing about this is, is that in this um, serious TV world and this like peak TV, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to be derogatory about that because there's a lot of great no, stuff in yeah. that. But the one thing that I, I one thing I, I noticed about the shy that really stood out, and I, I wonder, and I don't mean to be reaching too much for a conclusion here, is. Mm-hmm. The one thing, though, that you carry over is um, with these programs, and it could be poppy stuff, it could be network stuff, mm-hmm. we develop relationships. We have like an intimacy and a comfort. We're not messing with the directness of an audience. Yeah. And so, and I, I just thought that you were a big fan of Friends. It's like, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 obviously, there's a huge difference, but it's like that sense of the way that you know Rachel and Jennifer Hansen. It's not going to be any different than it is. Right. And sometimes I find in these um, serious shows that are dealing with serious issues, mm-hmm. they're, they're having, they're doing it for reasons, but they're messing with that. They're, yeah. they're, they're playing with it. They're putting windows between mm-hmm. between us. Yeah. Whereas, like, this seems the thing that, that you've taken from that is like, no, I want. I want that. I want you to have that comfort level. I want you when the show overs. I want you thinking about Brandon yeah. and what he's doing next, right? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I I do think of myself because I'm, I'm I'm really obsessed with the, a couple other professions other than my own, which is uh, one of them is photography, um, and I don't shoot. I don't. I don't. I'm not a mm. photographer, uh, but I'm obsessed with photography. I'm obsessed with uh, photographers. I'm obsessed with looking at photos and 
looking at the humanity in a photograph. And I think that's, the, to me, the clearest way to see us as a society is through a photo. Um, and there's many very well-known photos and things like that. Is that, like an, is that almost like everybody has their uh, inspiration boards and stuff? Is Maybe, there, is yeah. There, is there yeah. photos that you kind of use? Um, kind of sometimes, yeah. I mean, there's a movie that I'm going to be writing that is based on like a, fo a photo of a family mm -hmm. um, that I'm going to look at and like take from that and like create these characters and things like that. But I think to me what I think of myself as a photographer but I'm not using the camera, you know, I'm, these are scripts and so, and these, it's a TV show, but that's how I want it to feel. I always want to feel like I took a snapshot of the city right now um, and these people. And that way you can see the truth in it. But also the great thing about photography is you don't know everything behind it. You're wondering what's going on there, what's happening in, in that person's eyes. And I want the show to feel like that a little bit. Yeah, we're going to give you some stuff, but I want there to be things left to people in their interpretation. And I think that's what I think great writers do, is they create um, a beautiful photograph where there's things you see on the surface, but there's a lot of stuff that you'll never know. And I think obviously Atlanta does that extremely well, where in my writer's room we constantly talk about episodes, and we, we pontificate about, well, this is what he was saying, or this is what he meant. And the truth is, all of us could be right. You know, mm -hmm. no one, you know, they're like, no, 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 I think what he was saying is that, because when he left the thing and left it with that person and then that happened, I think he's trying to say in the black community, da, da, da. but the funny thing is, I love it, one of the writers was like, this is what Donald wants us to be doing. Like, mm -hmm. who knows who's right or who's wrong? Mm -hmm. But the fact that we're having this conversation and this dialogue right now is what the show is really all about. And so I think to me, that's what I want, you know, our show to be. I think we'll have more moments like that, season two. Before we move off to the show real quick, um, you're, and I'm not looking for you to tell me where we're going with this, mm -hmm. but um, you are in the midst of season two. And I'm wondering, based on the structure in this world that you've created, mm -hmm. um, in returning to it, it poses a new set of questions, a new set of challenges of, you know, based on the structure that you have, you know, are we going, you know, what's going to, are we going to stay in the same structure and the same characters or are we going to kind of expand that tapestry and add new elements and new things? Is, that, is there something where you kind of always knew where how this structure would evolve into season in, in, into multiple seasons, or is that part of the challenge of what uh, of what you and your team are doing right now? Well, I mean, I think you know it's a living, breathing thing, you know. Right. So it's always ever changing. It's always growing. There's always new revelations. Um, I think. Uh, for us, it's funny because I was saying the other day, I was like, the first season is sort of like being on a, you know, a city tour bus of Chicago. You know, you're on the bus and you're like driving around and you're going to neighborhoods that you ordinarily didn't go into before. This season, I think we want to get off the bus and we go, we want to go into the real South Side, you know, um, maybe venture to the West Side if, if necessary and really get into the backwoods of the city. Uh, because we've kind of given you an appetizer, season one, and season two, I think, is actually going to be a meal. So that's really what, where our heads are at. Like, we're really diving in. <clears throat> we're doing the work. Like, we're really, we, we give a shit, and we, we mm. care about these characters and these people of the city, and it feels rooted in something real and honest and black, and that's what we want it to feel like. And, um, you know, I'm going to have other shows and other things we're going to do that can explore different pieces of, and places of my voice. Um, but for this, you know, it's really, I also believe too, the art doesn't belong to you once you put it out. It belongs to the people. Mm -hmm. And the people have definitely spoken and they've piped up about this is their thing and they love it and we're very excited about that. So there's also part of us that doesn't want to veer too far away from what they love about the show. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but at the same time, we also want to give them something a little different 
and keep them guessing and keep them entertained. But we're gonna. But I. But to me, I want every season to be better than the last, and I can guarantee you, season two is gonna be better than season one. You clearly so know these characters. I'm, I'm wondering how much of this is you know them, and you're gonna let them. You're gonna tell their stories instinctively based mm -hmm. on the situation, and how much of it is you've arced them in your head, like you kind of know the bio of Brandon, you kind of know the bio of Papa. And well, I think the funny thing about all that, unless you're Matthew Weiner, unless you have complete control, I think that you should have a loose bio, you should mm. have a loose idea, some of these things, but you also want to leave your writer's room to come in and pitch something to you. Because a writer comes in and says, what if this character was in the army? And that may not be in your bio, yeah. but it could be really interesting. So I think for me, I, I know the characters a little bit better because we've spent a season with them and mm. also we have actors in the roles now, so that kind of also educates me in terms of who they could be. But you also want to be free. Like, you want to be able to throw anything at them and say, oh, maybe they did this, or maybe they used to be an avid swimmer, who knows? But I think to me, you wanna leave space and room to let these characters flourish and grow and have the characters, have the audience still be surprised about things that they didn't know about the character. Um, so yeah, I think that's, it's a little bit of both. It's about some of us really giving some of these characters context that we didn't really necessarily have before, but then also speaking to the things that people like about the characters that, that was already there. One of my favorite casting directors is a woman named Allison Jones. Oh, who, and, she's one of my favorites too. And uh, part of that is not only does she do a wonderful job casting her movies, but it, it, she doesn't get stuck in an orthodoxy of making the choices that are yeah, obvious. she's phenomenal. And my understanding is from Masters of None that you know Aziz and Alan had this idea of some character that could be a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I, I think she was supposed to be white. And, and someone, and, and that. They just knew they just wanted a chick in the crew. And, yeah. and, and, and your involvement in that suddenly opens up that story in, 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 in yeah. wonderful ways. Yeah. And it, I mean, it led to a lot of great stuff. I'm a great I, example of a diversity hire on Master of None. There's a diversity aspect of it, but then there's also um, thinking, even, even in that sense of. It's not, because it, I think sometimes when you're thinking diversity, it's like, it, that becomes a filter too. It's right. opening it up. It's like you opened up that story. I mean, yes, there is the element of, uh, uh, of, of your character being a lesbian mm -hmm. and it being, I, I think most of those characters tend to be some aspect of based on the character. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. The person that's playing. Mm -hmm. But it just opens up the story so much and, and, and enriches it in, yeah. in, in this amazing way. And I, I I, bring, I, I read that when I was researching for this interview, I saw that and I was like, wow, that's great. And I was just thinking that your cast is wonderful for, mm -hmm. for the shy. Yeah. And so based on that, ex, you know, those experiences and, and, and you have, I, what was that approach to casting? I mean, you got, Jason Mitchell is obviously a mm -hmm. great anchor, a recognizable face. I don't know how recognizable he was when you cast him compared I to mean, like, yeah, I mean, he does share a company, yeah. Band, but I mean, there's a couple people that you could see are like, okay, that's the temple, that's, that's right. like an anchor, but mm -hmm. uh, it's such a rich cast. Yeah. What was that approach to, to casting that and filling that out? Well, that's all Carmen Cuba. You know, you talk about great oh, casting directors. Oh, that, you know, okay. she, she is one of them. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, in terms of legacy, when it's all said and done, I think hers will just, you know, hopefully, I think, be up there with Allison's. Um, uh, and, uh, and funny enough, the thing with the casting situation with Master of None was unique because they said, just send us interesting people before we start reading, folks. And I'm just very grateful that she thought of me as one of those interesting people and sent me mm -hmm. to his house and my whole life changed. But I think with Carmen, I always tease and joke and say that she's sort of the co-writer of the pilot because 
her choices for the casting really, I think, affected the way I adjusted things in the script, or and obviously we adjusted things in the season, to go with Natare, who for Ronnie, who was a little bit older than I initially planned, uh, I initially, for the character Brandon, was going to be like this sort of like, you know, this sort of like uh, tall, dark, and handsome, like, you know, kind of reserved guy, and then you get Jason who comes in and is like funny and light, and all these, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's a different version of Brandon, but I like it, and I see where it's going. Um, and uh, yeah, and to have, you know, someone like Yolanda Ross play Jada, where you could have gone, have a character yelling and big and then over the top, but she was very, you know, subdued and, you know, a little more laid back, which I think gives you a completely different view, especially when compared to, you have uh, Laverne, which is a little bit more aggressive, and then you have the softer Jada, which somebody could argue, but look at Brandon and look at Emmett. Um, so it does, it opens it up. It's, yeah, it's exactly. It's a wonderful interpretation. Yes. It, I don't, it, it's something, it's an element that... You know, we treat cinematographers a certain way and an editor a certain way, but, yeah. the, but that that role that those casting directors play in, in interpreting your work is is so yeah. Cute. And, and I'm a big uh, believer in casting directors. I'm a big fan of them. I, I I love that process. You know, I think sometimes the process can be stressful, but uh, and long. But I think there are that to me, it's the most fun because and and most and you ed- educational because it's also the first time you're hearing your words out loud and it's a way for you to kind of workshop the material in a way I'm sure a lot of writers can relate to this. Like you'll you'll think oh yeah it's great and also if you're casting something you've obviously reached a you know a good place because you know you've got money and all that kind of stuff so you're excited but the other thing that happens uh with I think the best writers is that they start to do auditions and they realize huh this scene isn't as good as I thought it was or sometimes it could be the actor because obviously we all know we've sat through millions of really bad auditions and you start to doubt your work and go is it me or is it these actors so sometimes the actors um uh but I think it's a really educational moment for everybody to go huh, that's an interesting way of looking at the character if I go that way. So I think it is good to have uh, casting directors that don't have a list. They aren't like, well, here's my list for a young, hot black girl. Or here's my list for older, debonair, white guy. You know, it's like, because then you're like, oh, okay. But I think to me, those casting directors that will send you, you know, an overweight black dude for your, your romantic lead, you know, it's like, awesome because it's like oh huh that's interesting I didn't think of it that way but now I am and now I want to change everything about the script mm-hmm. I think to me a great casting director is making you want to do rewrites because of the people they're bringing in and you and you write to them and I think and not to get too you know you know I don't know wordy or trying to give advice but uh, I've had a very <laughs> blessed acting career uh, funny enough uh, with, without ever intending to do that um, did you you didn't I mean, a lot of people know you first as a performer, but they do. I, they I think the goal was always, my understanding is the goal yeah. was always right. I never, right? if someone would have told me I was going to be in a Netflix show or, or in a Spielberg movie, I wouldn't have believed. I was like, what? Yeah. Um, so, but I think the, the difference is what sometimes what actors do, and if you're an actor and you're listening to this, mm-hmm. take this, you know, with a grain of salt or not. But the thing that I do myself, because I'm not a trained actor and I don't know how to morph into a character, when I walk in, I'm giving you my take on it. Mm. And um, and you can either roll with that or not. And so for Aziz and Alan, they're like, huh, we kind of like your take on what this is. Because you're obviously not straight. You're obviously not, you know, this sort of like straight-laced girl. But there's something interesting about the fact that you aren't any of those things. And we want to now change the character. Now, mind you, everybody ain't like that. Because a lot of writers are like, this is gold. This is my character. Come in and become this person. And sometimes the role requires that. But I always tell actors, rather than coming in and trying to fit into the mold, just come in and do something interesting. And then maybe if that writer or director is really smart and what you're doing is more interesting than what's on the page, they'll bend to you. And so that's my thing. It's like, come in and do something 
fun or just come in and read it as yourself mm. rather than coming in and trying to say, okay, I'm in the outfit, I'm doing this, I'm doing what I think a lawyer would do or I'm behaving the way I think a lawyer would behave. But it's like, but why do you, that's based on a stereotype of some thing that we've created. It's like, why can't I come in and be a lawyer and like give you a rundown of like all the things of your options and this and that. And it may feel like, huh, she doesn't feel like a lawyer. Well, isn't that more interesting that I walk in and they're like, you're my lawyer? It's like, yeah, I'm your lawyer. What's up? You know what I'm saying? So now you've already, there's interesting things in the scene happening because the person I'm coming in to see my client is, is a surprise that I'm young, that I'm black, that I have dreads, that I'm, you know, dressed the way I am. And then all of a sudden the scene has a whole new layer now because that person's judging me uh, based on how I look and the way I walk through the world, but I'm there to, you know, get them off death row or something like that. So I tell that to say, like, bring it, bring whatever you have to the role rather than trying to, you know, fit into whatever that role is because then you're going to be like everybody else that came in that day and you're not going to stand out. And it's something, I don't know if, it, if it's film school, I don't know if it's the, 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 the mistakes of the industry, but there's so few creatives. You're talking about your process in the show. Mm -hmm. There's so few creatives, I think, that have been out there that are in this mold where they've got everything figured out mm. and there's a plan and it's here, go mm. do it. Like everybody, right. it's like everybody studies Alfred Hitchcock in film school and then sure. suddenly and suddenly it's like they well yeah you can see what he's doing but you, you're not him no you're, you're, you're not and, Never, and, yeah. and and there becomes this and coming back to the issue of diversity too it's like in some cases you you are writing an age or you are writing a, mm -hmm. a gender or sure. you're writing but but like in by and large like that example it's like if you can't leave yourself open to a possibility, you're, yeah. you're you, too many times you're closing stories, and that comes from the executive level down, too. Of course, too. It's yeah. Like, it's and like, mind you, I, I'm aware that it's not easy, you know, and I think, uh, uh, and it's really funny, and I hope Aziz and those guys don't get mad at me for telling this story, but, you know, when, when you cast, you have to go, there's a testing process where you then you have to go to the, the, the studio. It's a really weird thing. It's like you, the studio and everybody has to see it, and they have to all approve uh, the people that the creatives have decided that that's who they want. So that's why you have to always bring in, you know, a couple options. Usually it's just two. Sometimes it can be three. So I go in for my test uh, and, you know, obviously I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident because Aziz and I have been vibing and Allison's been really great. So I go in for the test and um, looking the way I do, I think I had on like some, like, I don't know, some like Bulls t-shirt or something or some jeans or whatever. And so, uh, and there's this girl, you, and that's the thing, you have to wait with the person that you're testing with, which is also odd, and you sign your deal. It's like a whole weird experience. So, and the person I'm sitting with could not be more lily white or more, you know, uh, heterosexual. And so, and she is looking at me, because she's, you, that's the other thing too, the person you're testing is often a carbon copy of yourself, because there's, there's, there's a type. Mm -hmm. So she's sitting next to me, and she, I'm looking at her, and she, and I, this is my first test, I've never really gone out for anything like this, it's probably her 100th, and she's like, huh she's like i know we, we go out for the same stuff all the time like she made the joke because i was like yeah this is like really weird uh oh it's so, you again <laughs> right so but what i think was happening and i don't know because i've never asked alan and aziz so you know y'all can quote me but you don't have to i thought what they were doing because they obviously wanted to go with me i mean like that now i look back on it like it was uh, quite clear but i think what they wanted to say to uh, NBC Universal, who's our studio, and, and Netflix. Although I think Netflix is probably not that hard to convince because they like to, you know, think outside of the box. But um, not to say NBC Universal doesn't. But I think what Aziz and Alan were trying to say, and Michael Schur, was here are two options for this role. There's option A and there's option B. And, and let's say make me option A. And I think what they were trying to say is you can be different and unique and 
uh, an off the beaten path and or we can go with what people would expect us to go with, you know, this cute white girl, you know, and have her be in the mix and the show will be fine. But we have an opportunity to do something really cool if we go with this route. And I think what they did was, they, like, and this is so, excuse the pun, but it could not be more black and white. Mm -hmm. They're like, here's what we're trying to do and what we want to be, and here's what we've always done. So the choice is yours. Do you want to do something fresh and cool and interesting, or do you want to do something that feels safe and commercial? And 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 I really admired when I walked out of that. I was like, oh, okay, I see what they did there. And obviously they won out, and I got to be a part of the show. And, and now everybody's like, hey, thank God, you know, because you know I can now. I, you know, of course somebody may say I can't imagine the show without you know having Denise there and being who she is and having her perspective. But I think to me that is a great rep representation of what the industry has become. Like the safe choices aren't happening anymore. And um, and you do get Sterling K. Brown on a show like This Is Us. You do get a show like Atlanta. You do get, um, you know, stuff like The Handmaid's Tale and things like that because now people don't want to see the status quo. Mm -hmm. They, they want to see something different. They want to see something fresh and they want to be surprised. I'm going to let you go. Just a yes, no here. Um, I'm, I've been talking to a lot of creators of shows and one thing I've been this week and I, I, I've been amazed by how all-consuming that process is to beginning to end, oh, yeah. and then and then you'll be out promoting and stuff. In that sense of the shy, is there as you as you're starting that season two process, how much room is there for you? It seems like you're you're working constantly mm -hmm. and you're talking about scripts and stuff. Right. How much room for you right now is there for other projects? I know there's a lot of room because I don't show run the shy. Um, okay. I you know I I'm the creator and I am very involved, but because I'm not like show running. I don't have to be there like every single day, every single moment. Although I am a ton, mm -hmm. but it gives me um, room. It's not all your yeah, head space yeah, for eight, exactly, nine months. exactly. And um, you know, and I'm not completely exclusive to the show. So it's like, so I, you know, I was season one. Now I'm not season two. So I have room and space to go sell shows, to go produce things, and to really build, you know, uh, a brand and a, you know, and uh, a space for other creatives and to do other things. But that's the thing. I'm, I'm I've, what I've learned about myself is that I am. I'm always moving. I'm always shaking I always have different ideas and also I'm a multitasker so I'm able to do a bunch of different things at once and balance and then not uh, drop a ball or, or, or not put as much energy or attention into a project as I would another one well I appreciate it. in the midst of this week you making time to come in here Thanks for before having I me. leave town uh, Lena's not feeling well and she came back in so I really appreciate that <laughs> of course. and uh, it was really nice to meet you good to meet you too, on the show thanks bro